LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Anson Wu, founder of Dot Gray. Dot Gray is a thought-provoking lifestyle brand crafted for the modern man who refuses to be defined by his job title. Their premium skincare, accessory, and menswear solutions invite you to express your individuality without saying a word. Dot Gray is embarking upon uncharted territory in men's health lifestyle, and all who dare to share the journey are welcomed. Sit back and relax. Enjoy this conversation with Anson Wu of Dot Gray. So today we're sitting down with uh, Anson Wu at Bites, like usual. How's it going today? Doing well. How's it going, Jim? Really good. So tell us what you do in one to two sentences. So we run a um, men's lifestyle brand started here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. The first product we're coming out is a skincare collection okay. for city modern gentlemen. Okay. Um, we are going to launch fashion accessories and other fashion pieces coming up. How, how do you define a lifestyle brand? What, uh, how does that kind of play out? You buy things that match your lifestyle. Okay. That's what he'll do. Um, products become more and more commodities. Mm-hmm. We have great product, great formula. Um, but what really speaks to our audience is our attitude. Okay. Right? You don't you don't buy Apple computer because of the processing power. Right? <laughs> That's for sure. You buy Apple computer. IT, I know for sure. You pay the Apple tax for a reason. Yeah. You're in the club. Right? You drink a specific beer for a reason. Right. Um, and think that's kind of what we are coming from. We okay. want to be a brand that try to say something, right? It seems like a really competitive space. What was kind of your thought process going into a lifestyle brand company? I just couldn't find a lifestyle brand that I can endorse fully. Okay. I felt like some of the men's lifestyle brands are very, either very pretentious mm-hmm. or very superficial. Yeah. Or just straight up to street for me. Um, I just can't see to find one that are value-driven, mm. great quality, as well as having that. Um, I'm always a big believer of challenging the conventional wisdom. Mm. I want a brand that speak to that as well. Yeah. I couldn't find one for the longest time, and I felt like I could make something uh, for myself and people like me. That makes all sense to me. I mean, even a new example, like I feel the same way is. I bought like buckled jeans like back in like okay. 2010 let's sure. say or something because the only jeans I could find like in the mall that were like long enough and like thin enough for me because I'm like really skinny and it's like I'll be like oh like your buckles like you're like hardcore like whatever I'm like no right. these jeans just happen to fit me right. and you did black jeans to wear right, right, right. <laughs> it's true but it's some true. people just like pinpoint you on that yeah, yeah. they associate a brand with a with a meaning with an attitude with a, with a club mm-hmm. right and uh, we working really hard to build that club, um, staying on message, mm-hmm. having that vision. Um, and people buy into the brand, yes, for the great product, but also they speak to their lifestyle too. 
that's important for us. So how did this all get started for you? You just kind of had this idea one day, I'm going to start a lifestyle brand, that you have previous entrepreneurship experience. Walk us through kind of your story up to today. Yeah, it's, um, it started as a philosophical idea, honestly. Um, I have been starting a business since 2008. Okay. So I, before that, I was running, I'm still running a, um, an ad agency in downtown Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been stable, successful. Okay. Um, but from that experience, what I learned is people judge you, doesn't matter like it or not. Right. right? How you wear, what's your ethnicity, mm -hmm. uh, what kind of, what's your hairstyle. Yeah. They judge you just based on how you present yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't often talk about it, but it's true. Oh yeah. Um, so either you let people control how they judge you or you control your own image. Right. That's step one. Step two is we live in this world that are getting more and more divided, in my opinion. And it's been a very much a one issue, politics. If you're pro-choice, therefore you're ABC. Yeah. If you're an investment banker, I have a lot of long list of my perception about you already. If you work in Silicon Valley, I know exactly who you hang out with already. Oh, yeah. um, people are quick to judge, man. Um, I really dislike it. I want to do something that challenge that. I want to do something that make people think that just because I work in advertising doesn't mean I'm not a poet. Right. Because I write Hardy Davidson, doesn't mean I am, you know, I, I'm not a good father. Right. Uh, because I'm a good father doesn't mean I can't work really, really hard for your company. Um, I want people to move away from one issue, mm -hmm. judgment, um, and move into this more of like seeing people for the common ground they have. Right. The second, right? The third one is I want to attack the major players. Um, and in conflicts, men are usually the major players. <laughs> and influential men has bigger responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So what can I do to target influential men? So all three came together. I want to create a men's lifestyle brand, okay. premium, luxury. So speak to them. Uh, and then I want to change their perceptions of how they viewed each other, mm -hmm. how they view other people. So one idea we did have before, um, in addition to having products, having events. Okay. Um, I'll give you an example, sort of give you the, the vision that we have. Please. Is, um, imagine we have an event that we bring, um, hypothetically, mm -hmm. we bring a group of uh, motorcycle riders, yeah. for example. Um, and then we bring a group of investment bankers into one event. Um, they're different, yes. But we're going to talk about how to be a good father. Swap stories about being a good father. Right. We're not going to talk about hobby, religions, and politics, or how much money you earn. We're going to talk about what it means to be a good father. Mm -hmm. Have that conversation. And I believe with that event, or that kind of event, they're going to leave with more understanding with, with each other. Right. You know, see more common ground. That's kind of the brand's true meaning is, I don't see you being an IT professional, and mm -hmm. that's it. Right? If you use our brand, I'd be like, you know what? JP's up to something else this weekend. Right. Right? Or Bobby in accounting, he's wearing this brand. Like, he's not just an accountant. He's mm -hmm. up to something now. He's he's doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. He's, he's doing open mic. You know, he's in a band. Or he's traveling on a motorcycle. Right. He's doing something exciting. Um, and that encourages you to sort of learn beyond the initial title. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point of the brand. 
so walk us through kind of uh, a little digging on you before the hand, your experience running the motorcycle club at U of I back in the day. Yeah. What was that all about? Um, and how did that help you kind of have the confidence to launch Doc Ray? Yeah, that's a great story too. Um, I was the type of person that don't talk about what I do a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually work hard yeah. and just stay under the radar for a long time. <laughs> So I remember um, back in even high school mm-hmm. and early in college, people, you know, guys talk you yeah. know, uh, at a basketball court, be like, hey, you're cool to ride a bike. You know, like, cool to like, get, a, get on a motorcycle. Yeah. You know, like, like, girls will go crazy. I was like, I was like yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't, I didn't talk much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I started learning. Um, so I spent a whole summer working hard, okay. earning money, and half the time, Taking classes, uh, training to learn how to ride a bike. Okay. And I got the money, I got the skill, and I bought a bike. Mm-hmm. And then hang out with friends again. Yeah. Same, same, same stuff. Hey, we could get a motorcycle. Yeah. Like, I casually mentioned, it would be cool. You know what? I think I'm gonna get one tomorrow. <laughs> and then I showed up with a bike like yeah. a week later. Yeah. And that's it. Like, like they have no idea. I spent like a whole half year of time just for that one thing. Yeah. But anyway, that's a quick story. But anyway, um, what got me really into the idea of defying expectations mm. is one and a half year into a motorcycle club, I was the president for two years. Okay. Uh, we have grown from like five bikers to like 200 bikers. Um, we love it, right? It's, I'm riding with professors, students, grad students, chef, uh, townies, everybody. Who yeah. love bikes? Come here. Um, we want to do a annual bike show okay. in the middle of the campus. The school hated the idea because I don't want 40 bikes and you know a couple hundred bikers on campus. Yeah. And, you know, it seems like a liability, <laughs> and it is. Um, but we were a RSO, registered student organization. They have to listen to our case. We can't like to apply for space, so we did. Um, the school gave us a lot of trouble. Um, and we had a uh, committee hearing. Normally, this doesn't happen, but for our case, they have a committee hearing. They have the chief of police show up, they have the uh, safety committee show up, um, they have other important people show up on that hearing and uh, invited me to be there. So, great, I'll be there. Um, I can tell when I showed up, they were a little surprised, yeah. right? Because I came in in a suit with presentations, I'm Asian Americans, uh, nicely comb hair, yeah. like nothing you would think what a biker president <laughs> would look like. And I loved it, yeah. right? I had a insurance plan, traffic pattern plan, crowd control plan, contingency plan, mm-hmm. time schedule, performance insurance, everything prepared. Give them no excuse to refuse what you want to do. Right. So we got what we wanted. Um, and I love the show. We have cheer. We have we have cheerleader coming in. We have two live bands. Uh, we have bikini bike wash yeah. for charity, of course. Right. Happiness show. So it's fantastic time. But what I realized was the idea of defying people's expectations. Mm-hmm. When it worked in your favor, it's just phenomenal. Right. Why don't we have more of that? Right. Um, because people make judgment of you either way. It's up to you to change it and right. challenge that. Right? And a lot of people sort of accept what it is, accept what's given, 
or they sort of just you know, shrug their shoulder be like, it is the way it is, I'm not gonna worry about it, mm-hmm. you know? But I think the third option is, you know what, here's what you thought of me, I'm gonna show you something else that will surprise you. Right. right? Like that is the fun. And that really got me started into the entrepreneurship, eventually got me starting lifestylebrand.gray, mm-hmm. which our tagline is define expectation without saying a word. And the whole point is, you surprise people through your actions. Not in a bad way. We respect the rules. We know the rules, right? But that's the whole point of don't put us in a box. Right. That's the whole idea. I think a lot of people are living the mentality or like you're excited about, like fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. So they go out and tell people like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, mm-hmm. just for the ego boost. Sure. And then when like a little bump in the road comes along, they're like, oh, okay. And so then people expect everyone to yeah. quit along the way. Yeah. And what we were talking about before we started recording is people are like so shocked that I'm at like almost episode 100 at this point. Yeah. They're like, oh, you haven't quit yet? It's like, was I supposed right, to? Right, right. <laughs> Where did I write down? Like, I'm going to record 50 episodes yeah. and then put that in like the legacy archive in my yeah. Google Cloud. Check, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, I did yeah. that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so like... Once you had an entrepreneurial bug, how did you kind of split your time between your day job and then starting DocRay? How was how did you kind of manage all that? I see it as for me very important is delegation. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be the smartest guy on the team, mm-hmm. but you want the smartest guy on your on your team. Um, so I'm very careful who I choose to work okay. with, and um, it's just having people having trust in people. Um, like I said before, I'm not a skincare person. Right. Um, but I work with a good team of uh, manufacturer chemists that can produce the product. Um, I have the idea, but I'm not a product designer. Mm-hmm. You know, so I work with a team of that okay. also to build a product. Um, you know, what I'm really good at myself is the vision and the creative. And that I take full control over. Mm-hmm. Right? And I, I love telling story. I love letting people understand what the product, what the brand is about. But I, I count on everybody else to chip in and make this work. And that's how I manage my time because it's not just my time. Mm-hmm. You know, I want as many of version of me out there working as possible. Right. Better version of me, hopefully too. Um, so that's that's my that's my logic. Yeah. And in terms of like people thing you kind of fake it until you make it mm-hmm. that kind of concept I think work for some people I, I don't know I don't really think of it like that um, I don't I think it's good to have ugly talk first to tell you hey you know, I, I, I really suck at doing ABC XYZ yeah. I can only do just one thing mm-hmm. like can we do something together right. versus have the false expectation people think you're the greatest thing and then you let people down um so I'd rather have the ugly talk first and let people set the expectation right. And you can break it over and over again, of mm-hmm. course, yeah. I think that kind of exists a lot in like digital marketing, right? It's like, I mean, I dabble in that, like here and there on the side of things. Sure. You're like, oh, I'm gonna be your like, digital marketer for whatever reason. Yeah. And then you go to like a small business, like, okay, cool, like I can help you get like, 200% more likes like yeah. alright you got me from like 2 to 4 congratulations but like did I make any sales from that yeah. no so how do you kind of apply like dealing with more or less like the haters like in your day job with like yeah. people who are kind of you know 
speaking negative about Dr. Ray, how do you kind of transfer that yeah, mentality? No, I, mean, I mean, I think there's always haters out there. Right. And I love polarizing people. Mm-hmm. I think every good brand, every good store should polarize people. People should hate you for what you're doing. I love yeah. what you're doing. The worst case, nobody cares about what you're doing. So I, I, I welcome people disagreeing with what I'm doing, what I'm believing in. Um, that just make me want to do that so much more. Yeah. Right? Because if nobody cares, you're probably not doing anything meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think of them as free consultants. Okay. Right? You know, they're giving advice and I'm not paying for it. I will consider it logically, rationally. Mm-hmm. Something we need to change, we will change it. Something we don't need to change, we stay our course. Um, simple as that. Right? And it's, it's good to, I mean, in, in marketing, product, just business in general, mm-hmm. I always wanted to make, make changes. I always want to shake up stuff. Um, because otherwise, not exciting, not fun, not worth doing. My, my, I guess my, uh, my mantra is if you can't make it fun, you don't understand it. Mm-hmm. If you can't make it funny, nobody would care about it. Yeah. So I don't want to host boring meeting. I don't want to come up boring product. I don't want to write boring ads because um, we had enough of those in this world. I don't want to add to it. Right? <laughs> it's so true. I, I, I absolutely agree. Well, what was it like kind of walking through the process of getting to the launch point? Right? I think a lot of people when they start a business, they just think, oh, I have this idea, I'm going to write a business plan. I have like maybe like some money laying around, like ten grand, like yeah. good to go. What was it like for you, kind of figuring out the product line, working with the right suppliers, and then putting the brand out there? Obviously, you have the expertise to market it once it's launched. But what was it like, kind of doing the legwork to get there? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so before I started that gray or this idea of having lifestyle brand, uh, I was running an ad agency, right. which I learned so much from working in different industries, um, learning from clients, doing clients' work, how to go to market, how packaging work, how to negotiate uh, advertising rate, um, what, what, what doesn't work, consumer products especially. So that helped me out a lot. Um, so I always wanted to have my own brand or a brand that I can resonate with. Right. Um, and this started probably two years ago, because um, I don't, I know, I knew nothing about skincare right. to begin with. I gave myself eight months to learn everything I can okay. about skincare. And the reason I, I choose skincare because I did different research. Mm-hmm. I looked at um, from tailor suit, hats, skincare, cosmetic, um, uh, food, uh, energy drink, a, a variety of stuff. Skincare, in my opinion, um, and people, reasonable people can disagree, obviously. In my opinion, it's got the most bullshit yeah. inside it. And it's got so much efficiency, inefficiency mm-hmm. in industry. And coming from a very tech-driven mindset, when I see inefficiency, I love it. Right? Yeah. Because skincare hasn't changed for decades. Oh, for sure. It's just different commercials different secret quote-unquote ingredients uh, with some act tracks or something. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's just getting more complicated. Everyone just hypes on, hops on some hype. It's like, ooh, coconut oil yeah. or whatever. Like, all oh, organics. What does that mean? Exactly. Like, <laughs> well, the other 97%. <laughs> exactly. It's just so much marketing stuff in it. And the, the model, it's been the same for decades. Mm-hmm. So I want to do something really, really different. 
and disrupt this market from our product and our business model. Um, that's why I choose skincare. Okay. Um, and the way that we think about skincare is, if you look at any competitors, look at their catalog. They have 10, maybe 15 products. Right? You have eye cream, lotions, toner, variety of stuff. I can't even name all of them. Yeah. And it's normal. Um, for me, I think it's a little intimidating mm -hmm. because the fear of choosing the wrong thing, yeah. it's much, much greater. And tell you the truth, it, it doesn't really matter. Like a lot of them are the same thing mm -hmm. with small percentage of differences, barely noticeable, right? Um, so we limit our product into three. We believe three things all you need. Mm -hmm. If you want something special, go out and buy some spray from somebody else, it's yeah. fine, right? You need to be clean, so you have a wash. You need to be protected, so you have a day cream. You need to stay moisturized, hydration, so you have a hydrate cream overnight. That's really like 80% of your needs. Right? Right. If you have specialty skincare problem, go out and find that one serum that you need, that's fine. Yeah. Um, and then the idea of people reinvent every couple of years, I mean every year. Um, skincare and fashion, I think it's ridiculous. I don't really get the whole fashion trends. <laughs> like, oh, spring, have to wear this. Winter, have to wear this, right? Again, I'm coming up not from fashion design. Right. I, I don't, for average working modern gentleman, having a nice fitted, well-tailored suit or shirt, um, fitting, your, fitting your body frame, it's just important. Oh yeah. Right? It's not so much about like what color it is or you know. Um, so that's my idea. So for the fashion side, we don't want to do season mm -hmm. after season. The thing about fashion industry, they all do that all the time, right? Oh, yeah. like, we do a runway show every season and then here's the lead, here's what we're gonna wear this year. That's great. I want none of that in our brand. <laughs> um, this is last season. Oh, perfect. I always go like that. Whenever things are in discount, which is last season, I'm like, right. sounds good to me. Exactly. <laughs> Men, they don't really care that much. You know, I want something good material, well-fitted. Yeah. I can wear it and it looks good on me. Um, I can't imagine, like, like Apple computer, they make iPhone, you know, every year. They're not going to reinvent iPhone every year. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Why are you doing fashion like that? So our fashion and accessory concept is kind of like the tech industry does it. Mm -hmm. Very few products. We improved every year. Mm -hmm. Every year we got better. But we're not gonna reinvent the wheel. Right. We don't have, we don't want to spend that money. We don't think it's efficient. Um, so after, year after year, you're gonna get better, better at doing that one thing. Mm -hmm. It could be a, a suit, it could be a shirt, it could be a tie, whatever it is, it's gonna get better and better over time. Um, so that's the idea. Same thing with skincare. Every year we want to come up with a better formula, mm -hmm. but we're going to build it based on customer feedback. Okay. We're not going to throw it out, be like, hey, it's the next new thing with coconut oil. <laughs> like, it's not what we want to do. Well, here's the thing with skincare, too. I think, I mean, I have sensitive skin, so I know other people have like sensitive skin also. It's if you find something that you like, and if you're going to adjust it significantly, like reinvent the wheel or something, you're going to lose that cost, like, like Huge customer base. Exactly. Because they don't want it. Like you're gonna, who you're gonna acquire are the bandwagon hoppers. And it's like, oh, this is new. I want this, and that's not scalable. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's very. It doesn't make sense financially, mm -hmm. right? So I would rather have engage 
loyal customers, and we keep improving the product for these kind of people. And that's where I'm going to build our business on. How do you see the company scaling then? So you have kind of the fashion aspect, you have the skincare. What, how is the company going to scale? We want to partner with talented individuals for each project. Okay. Um, so for skincare, uh, we partner with manufacturers that produce and also develop a skincare product. The formula that we use is top-notch. It's actually a formula that used to exclusively use for um, spa. It's not even for retail, yeah. right? We brought it out, be like, hey, can we use it for retail? We did a lot of different changes to make it more um, easy to use for every consumer and became the product that we want. And then we use the finest natural ingredients. Um, and that's very important to us. If you think about our skincare product, I think I give you a bottle, right? The thing of skincare product is, even though it's made with natural ingredients, it doesn't look like it, right? I would hate to see some natural ingredient stuff that look like a hippie's packaging with like green leaves and the earth, and, and I don't want that. <laughs> I want it to be as stylish mm-hmm. and minimum as possible, yet it's made with natural ingredients, right? Like it's not a Prius, yeah. it's a Tesla. Right. You're gonna look good while you know staying natural quote unquote right and that's kind of philosophy it's we want to do the thing our way people love it they will love it people disagree and that's totally fine right um yeah what's your question again i'm so oh, sorry scaling yeah oh scaling yeah, yeah. um so next phase we're gonna partner with people in the design industry fashion industry to create that division uh, for, for fashion and eventually want to do other um, retail storefronts as well as events with part of other uh, talents mm-hmm. to create that like I said you know my biggest um, I guess not advantage but biggest belief is we kind of work with people who are smarter than you mm-hmm. and good at what they do and let them take control um, of the ship um, and I am the one that want to focus on the, the division, mm. right? This brand should speak to people who are sick and tired of being labeled by one thing mm-hmm. for longest time, right? Um, and that's sort of, we want to call those out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I've experienced so many times before. Like in the summer when I go to the office, I'll wear like a golf shirt. Huh? And was like, big golfer? I'm like, well, yes, like, like four times a year. Just because I wore a shirt that has a collar on it, because I had to wear a collar shirt to wear, sure, yeah. and it happens to be a golf shirt. No. Wait, is that like your way of saying hi and like talking? So you have like one thing to say for half a second? Right, right, Or you right. can be an adult and like, oh, do you play golf? Like, I play golf too, or just whatever. Like, don't need to judge on things. Yeah. Exactly. I think we want people to wear our brand, become an inside circle. Mm-hmm. That like, if I see you wearing our brand, you'd be like, you know what? He's not just golfing today. He's doing something else this weekend. Let's find out more. Yeah. Right. There's a hidden side of a side hustle of it, and, and you know I'm calling it, you know the um, the slash generation. Yeah. So that means it's not just one title, right? You are a um, IT person slash you know podcast host slash golfer slash people have different jobs. Yeah. Right. So we believe this is. Not for everybody, mm-hmm. but people who are in that situation have a tough time expressing their personality. And we want to become that brand for that group of people. Do you have any recommendations for anyone looking to start their side hustle from the things you've gone through? Um, 
I'm not sure that applies to everybody, but I... So Guy Kawasaki said one thing that resonated with me a uh, long time ago. He said, uh, build crappy, ship happy. Yeah. Um, and it just, the fact that you're doing it, getting to market, you already steps ahead of your competitors. Mm-hmm. People in your, in your, maybe your peer group, right? They're still in the thinking phase or fundraising phase, writing a business plan phase. Um, I just want to do it yeah. um, because you get the feedback right away and because you experience the rush and you have the whole uh, mentality of I'm creating something. You get that gratification, mm-hmm. right? It's not always good, but it works for me. Um, I learn by seeing things happen, mm-hmm. by seeing things grow. Um, you know, the same way that if you want to start a podcast, the best thing to do is start your episode number one yeah. <laughs> versus thinking about it, you know, and, and, and reading book about it. Um, um, that's what I, that's, that's my take, you know. Mm-hmm. We learn, we do it together, not separately. Yeah, to that point too, it was difficult for me when I, so I actually had seven interviews done okay. before I launched episode one online. And it was difficult just getting people to like buy in. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna start a podcast. Yeah. Like, oh, show me your website. Yeah. Like, here's a website. Like, where's your podcast? I'm like, it's not up yet. Like, yeah. hmm, interesting. Are you just calling me to like talk to me, or like, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the beginning might be tough, but it's totally worth it. Mm-hmm. If you're an entrepreneur, you're gonna be optimistic about everything. Almost a little bit too optimistic, right? yeah. Because things gonna work out. If you believe in statistic, yeah. you're not gonna stop the business because not. Not very rational sometimes, right. but it's worth it. Yeah. So, what do you want to leave everyone with when we sign off here? Any last words? Well, I think if you are you are the type of person that feel like you have been mislabeled, either at work mm-hmm. or uh, at school or your friend's group, you have your identity that feel like you're confused. Um, it's time to speak up. It's time to do something about it. I think whatever you do to correct, in our words, defy expectations mm-hmm. in a good way, you should do it. Because if, if, not, you're not, if you're not the person doing it, nobody's going to do it for you. Yeah. So and now is the time, right? Right with that. This was a fun episode for me. Uh, I actually met Anson through Amberlia, who was actually on a couple of days ago for a different episode. But uh, our conversation was so easy flowing, both before and after the interview was fantastic. I love how he came ready with different stories to tell to help really relate to kind of the experiences he's gone through and the adventure he's been with. He's gone through so far with Doc Ray and other parts of his life and how it's been applied towards things in the future. I'm really excited to see where Doc Ray lifestyle kind of takes off the next few years. This episode is sponsored by Athenosphere. That's athenosphere.com. It's a marketplace for artist services here in Chicago. It's where you can find photographers, models, makeup artists, entertainers, and book their services directly online. Visit the community and talk with them directly. No need to hassle with finding out payments later on or interviewing them or searching the internet for different places to find different opportunities to source these types of people for your event, for your work or for anything else you might need them for. Athenosphere is all about artist passion. Live it, breathe it, book it. All in one simple click. Athenosphere.com If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. 
That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. Thank you.